Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sheik Speaks podcast. Today on the show, we have Dr. Sandra Rangel. She has her origins from Colombia, came over here, started practicing medicine, went to school for all of that, and she had her own run-in with her own personal health about how everything was going. And we'll cover that all in the show. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. I know it's going to be jam-packed full of value for you guys. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff about health, you know, especially as we get into flu season, you know, it's getting cold out there. A lot of us aren't getting the sun time we need. A lot of us aren't getting that outdoors time, our immunity, coronavirus. I mean, come on, guys. If there's one episode you got to listen to, this might be it right here. So we talk about all of her work that she does with the gut microbiome. So we cover topics like that, her personal story, how you can optimize your gut microbiome, and some other cool topics. I thank you all for listening to the show. Nicaragua, so that's that's where my background's from. All right, so we're on Sheik Speaks episode 11, and we have the pleasure to sit down and talk to Dr. Sandra Rangel. Uh-huh. So Thank it's a you. pleasure to have you on. Thank you for coming on the show so we can talk about uh, your background, the work that you do, and everything that can help other people. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Appreciate it. So I'd like to start, if uh, for anyone listening, um, who do we have the pleasure to sit down in front of today and get to listen to? As I graduated as a medical doctor in Colombia, I moved to the United States to learn some English, and I met my ex-husband. And so I stayed, we got married, and I started validating my career as a medical doctor here. In December 2006, I was looking at the mirror in the bathroom, and I found a note here. So I thought, okay, uh, maybe it's a virus, a cold, something. After I went to see the family physician and he told me everything is perfect, do not worry. After that, I lost my voice. My voice always has been hoarse, but at that moment I was not able to speak during the night, so I don't know, something is wrong. So I went to see the specialist and he checked my vocal cords and he found a tumor as big as a cauliflower and already metastasis. He told me, okay, this is the diagnostic, carcinoma scamocellular, stage three. We need to start a treatment right now. And I was in shock. I never expected I was gonna go through cancer. I was very young and I was joking with that word, you know. I thought I was healthy. Mm, anyway, I got the diagnostic. I surrendered to God. I am a big believer. And I told God, okay, this is gonna be used for your glory somehow. I looked for the best hospital. and I went to the Memorial Sloan Catering in Manhattan. The doctor told me, Sandra, we need to start your treatment right now because the cancer is very aggressive. 
the treatment is going to be chemotherapy, radiation for six months, and after we will do a surgery. They told me all the side effects that were going to happen. At that moment, I didn't know anything. You know, I was very skeptical as a medical doctor and only science, science. Um, so I put it, everything in God's hands. I started doing my treatment. Three months after that, I was very sick because due to the location, um, the treatment is very intense. So I was not able to eat. The pain was very intense. Um, I started praying, and I got in the Bible the word that says, you can go in peace because your faith has healed you. And I asked God, if this is for me, please start the treatment now. I'm talking about the best hospital in the world. So if you heal me, you need to stop the treatment. After my prayer, I went to the chemotherapy session, and the oncologist told me, Sandra, you are very sick. We cannot do anything this week. We need to wait until next week. The following week, he called my ex-husband and I to his office, and he told us that the patient that was doing the treatment at the same time with me was at the intensive care because he got a long hemorrhage. So he told me, if something happened to you, I quit my career. We have decided, all the medical team, that we are going to stop your treatment now. And I was like, can't you heal me? They were not able to see at that moment because everything was closed due to the inflammation. So we have to wait. And they checked my vocal cords after two months, maybe. They were clean. And all the side effects they told me were going to happen never happened. Um, so I just kind of, you know, surrendered to God again. And I told him, how may I serve you? Here I am, you know. And started a big transition in my life in many ways. Because I was going, my father was diagnosed with cancer at the same time. We went through cancer. He passed away um, around September that year, 2007. And my ex-husband told me he didn't love me anymore. So all my emotions were very uh, down. And at that, that year was like, I didn't feel any passion for my career anymore. I didn't know what to do. It was a big change in many areas of my life. So honestly, I always tell people, it was God who was not able to eat. Everything was closed, no? So when people want to attribute my healing to the food, no, it was deeper than that. And the emotions, yes, I am a positive person, but also I was, you know, I was actually able to compare the physical pain that was very intense with the emotional pain. You know, and my ex-husband told me he didn't love me anymore. It was this emotion, actually, this is the second brain, mm -hmm. but all this pain inside that I cannot explain, you know. So that was a, actually a nice experience to be able to go through all that to teach me things that I preach now.
So what did you come out of that, uh, through that experience? Like, what was the big takeaway that, um, when, when you made that prayer, what was in, in your terms, what did God tell you that was now your new path or your new way to serve? I wish he gave me an answer, like this is, but it was not that way. Um, I, I didn't know what to do in my career. There were no, like, like now that you can get functional medicine, integrative medicine. It was not known at that moment. Uh, it was not popular, at, at least I didn't know. So I continue doing the steps to validate my career here. And in that process, and all the stress as I was going through, um, I, a friend of mine, a doctor, told me, you need to contact this doctor, she's in Miami, and she's gonna talk to you about her experience, which is nice. She's doing something that may interest you because I was expressing him, you know, I don't, I don't want to do a regular medicine anymore. So I talking to her, she told me, you need to go to this institute in Manhattan and they will open your mind. So I went to IAN, Integrative, have you heard about it? I Integrative Nutrition Institute in Manhattan. Um, and it was amazing because it was like God leading everything. You know, when you see that all the doors open, I went to the place and I got to know the director. Now this institute is huge. I was able to be the last um, promotion that were alive. It's a one-year program with doctors like Deepak Chopra, Mara Hyman, Neil Bernard, Andrew Wheel, all the people that manage functional medicine, mind and body, um, spiritual. So it was amazing. It was one of the best years of my life, you know, experience that for me at that moment, study was a pleasure. I was so happy and so into all these new things. But it was a process that was 2009 and 2010. And after that, I started focusing more of my career in cancer with Dr. Andrew Wheel. I went through the, the divorce. I moved to Florida. Being here, I went to Hippocrates Health Institute. I started studying there. I stayed working there all the time. Uh, started giving lectures um, in other countries after I became like independent, doing my own work and growing, studying by myself online, uh, getting to know different doctors, different people. So it has been, it was not like one moment you have to do this. No, it has been like all I have felt all the time that it's a training, you know, and in, it has not been only in my medical career. It it's also had been a training in my spiritual life as a woman, 
uh, in many things, you know, like kind of, yeah, like removing many things. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you, like during that period, what was your transition like from regular Western medicine to what would you call it that you do now, more holistic, holistic. or integrative? Yeah. As a I think Western medicine teaches you to see the body, just the physical body. And now I see we are not only physical, you know, I always tell my patients, imagine we are five bodies. This is the physical body, emotional, mind, energetic, and spiritual. If we don't approach all these bodies, it's impossible to get healed. I like to share about me, my experience, my examples. The cancer, for example. The way I see it now, I, I see it as a, the disease, actually any disease, comes as a teacher, you know, to check you and awake you. And there were many things in my life. I was frustrated in my career. And the diet was not as healthy as I was thinking. The marriage was very unstable. Um, I was living at that moment in New Jersey, studying in Manhattan, a big stress um, city, and also the latitude that is not in the tropical, that, that is something very important in order to achieve optimum health. Um, I was working during the night for many years. Like graveyard shift? Like, yeah. So uh, that alters all the circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. um, so there were many things, you know. Um, the spiritual part was, I think, the only one that was holding, but energetic, zero grounding, zero contact with earth, um, emotional. It was up and down like a roller coaster. My mind full of wrong belief and guilt and fear and all the things that, you know, people put in you and you allow it. Because at the end, it's, it's you, no? It creates a physical body. So it was. But the point is that Western medicine doesn't see things the way that I see it now, no? So when I help someone, I need to approach everything. It's not only the physical body. For example, with cancer, you cannot pretend to remove a tumor and the person is gonna heal, because it's not. You know, cancer uh, grows maybe in a, for example, colon cancer, 10 years, five, ten years, now it's faster. So it's an inflammatory process that is going on for many years. So most doctors believe they remove the tumor, do chemo. No, but the causes are still there. So if you don't solve the causes, it's not gonna, he's not gonna really heal, you know? So I see it totally totally different and I think that is um, 
actually I was being in an interview in Colombia, where I come from. Um, one of the leading doctors in health, he listened my interview and he asked me to visit him. And he told me, I love the way that you see medicine because you're right. You know, we had been, the education is not the way that should be. Uh, let's create an integrative program in order to help people with cancer, like integrative oncology. Um, so it's, I think everyday doctors are realizing that the way we have seen things is, is not maybe the best one. And why do you think there's so much of a push like when people go through medical school that there's only one way of looking at things? Like you were saying, there's only the way of looking at things as the physical body instead of trying to tie in the other four factors that you mentioned. Why do you believe that is? I think that one of the reasons could be the pharma. Um, they sponsor and support most of the universities. So they push a program that the focus is if you feel this, give this medication. You know, if you feel this, if high blood pressure, take this. If you have this, take this. That is only like solving symptoms, but never go to the cause. So I think that is a big thing. And another one uh, is that we had been, I don't know, we had been used to only believe in things that we see and perceive with our senses. And that is a big misconception, you know, because most of who we are is things that we don't see. We are not able to smell, perceive, you know. EMF, for example, the most insidious toxins right now, you cannot see it, you cannot touch it, but it's affecting people 24 seven. If you could kind of touch on that real quick, the topic of EMFs, for anyone listening that has maybe heard the term thrown around but doesn't have a whole lot of knowledge about it, can you break that down for them? Yes, electromagnetic fields is all the, um, the yeah, the electromagnetic fields that the Wi-Fi, phones, computers, uh, antenna, actually a refrigerator, TV, produce, you know, is all this like network that we don't see. For example, Michael, the sun communicates with the plants, the animals, with us through a network that we don't see. I speak with my hands, I know. Uh, you <laughs> like an Italian, <laughs> I realize that I move my hands right. a lot. <laughs> um, so it communicates sending signals that we are not able to perceive, but they are there. Same thing is with the microbiome inside of us, produce its own EMF, and cell phones and all this technology also produce it. 
in a way that damaged our own network, the way the song communicates with everything, you know? So animals now, they don't know where to go anymore because it's the nature network that leads them all the time. So that is EMF. And I know people, because all these companies are trying to teach people, to tell people that they do no harm, but they do harm. They use something that is called non-ionized radiation. You know, it's different from the one that is the radiation that is caused, um, that is, um, you know, X-ray and MRI, they damage our cells through another radiation that is called ionizing radiation. This one is non-ionized, and it damages in a different way, but it causes a big damage in our cells, in our microbiome, in many things, not only in humans, animals, plants, all the life that is on planet Earth is affecting. And it's crazy. It's One thing that I've definitely learned, like immersing myself in the space that like, yes, there is the science behind it that says it's non-damaging. But when you really go and you look back, who funded the study, who yeah. made the study and what were the parameters of the study? And once you actually look at that, you actually see that it wasn't like a, a gold standard kind of metric used. It was... Um, I'm forgetting the term off. It was kind of like a, a use of pseudoscience to where they were just falsifying the information or twisting the, the facts to where now they don't have any repercussions for putting all these cell towers around highly populated areas. Yeah, exactly. Who is behind all the studies and the money that is behind those things? But they do harm. There are more than 10,000 studies showing the effects of 4G in our health. And now with the 5G, things are like maybe 10 times worse. You know, To give you an example, um, our microbiome is supposed to have a, like frequencies around 8 to 10 hertz. Um, 2, 3, and 4G manage frequencies around 2.4 billion hertz, from 2.4 to 2.9 billion hertz. And 5G is from 24 to 29 billion hertz. So imagine that is like, I don't know how many times more than 4G. So it's, it's huge. And what are some ways for people to to mitigate that? Like you were saying when you were living in uh, New Jersey and frequenting to Manhattan a lot, like what are some things people can do when they're immersed in that kind of environment that you can't really get out of that electrical soup very much? Okay, depends. Like one of my teachers um, says... If you are fighting 
any chronic disease, you need to leave. You know, there's no way that you can be protected if you are in Manhattan, for example, with all the antennas, EMF everywhere, you know. You can disconnect your Wi-Fi in the house, but if you live in a building, there are several the neighbors. neighbors still pumping it out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I use EMF protection. Actually, I gave you one, and this is another one that I use with me all the time. Cell phones and computers. I use a. It's like a shield that reduces the radiation. No, um, but. The idea is to keep the phones as far as possible, always speak by a speaker, never get it like put it close to your face, head, especially if you have children, because in a child it magnifies 10 times. So it's, it's much worse. And what else you can do? Um, Disconnect the Wi-Fi, avoid Wi-Fi in your house if it's possible. Go back to the way that it used to be, you know. Phones, that are the main recommendations, you know. One of the doctors that I follow and I learn from him, Dr. Mercola, he has written a book that is called EMF Extinction. And it's pretty much like, go back to the way that it used to be before, you know. Um, I think also grounding is a, is a great way to, uh, to reduce the effects of EMF, you know. What is grounding? Walk barefoot in contact with earth. It's part of my daily routines. That's why I love to be near the ocean, because I can walk daily. Um, it's part of yeah, part of my daily routines, you know, even though it's windy, I go and walk barefoot. And it's important, we are totally disconnected from earth. And yeah, I think those are the things that you can do, you know, and try to keep your phone in airplane mode. Mine is in airplane mode all the time, unless I need to call someone, but communicate by WhatsApp, connected to Wi-Fi, to reduce at least some of the radiation. And why do you think there's, like, in the general population, like, the skepticism behind, like, if we were having this conversation at a coffee shop, someone might look over and be like, well, what are they talking about? Like, why, why do you think, like, it's looked at as this very skewed thing that, like, if we were talking about uh, the negative health effects of eating McDonald's per se, everyone would be on board and be like, yeah, everyone knows you probably shouldn't eat McDonald's all day, every day. But why do you think in terms of like EMF and uh, that type of radiation, there's like a stigma behind it? I think that also it's part of the marketing. Actually, recently I visited a friend of mine and I mentioned something about EMF. And he told me, no, but 5D is not going to have all the, all the side effects you have mentioned. Uh, they are saying that there are no negative effects. So I, like you say, who is behind all those studies and 
all the money that is moving, you know, these, these things. But the studies are there. It's like, um, today I was listening a podcast and they were saying that the New York Times posted an article mentioned that vitamins are being part of like why people is getting sick, you know, and the doctors, they were like integrative doctors, the way I am, they were saying like, come on, you know, they do not mention that opioids are the leading cause of death right now in the United States and people that is under 50, you know, that medications, prescribed medications, are killing, I think it's 106,000 people per year in the United States. And in 30 years, there are zero studies showing that vitamins cause death. So, you know, it's like, who is doing these studies and trying to, I don't know, to teach people in, in another way to follow their interests? But yeah, the studies are there, you know? And honestly, go back to and ask God, you know, like the way he creates everything. And another of my teachers, he says something beautiful, you know, we are the only animals that pretend to alter and change nature's law and that everything is gonna be perfect. You know, so is we are changing the way things have been created, and yeah. So I don't know exactly why. I think for people it's so convenient, you know, like to think that this is not gonna harm them, but just get and study testicular cancer, the way that have increased colon cancer. The main thing, the main cause of leaky gut is EMF. Um, so that leads to cancer. Also, brain cancer, especially in children, have increased like 50%, you know, and is the EMF. And another thing, blue light, for example, you know. And as a doctor, believe me, no idea when I study medicine of all those things is because I allow myself to open my mind, you know, and start seeing things in a different way, not only in my career, but in many things that I am like the way that I, I am now. The microbiome, for example, my colleagues, they have read my book and they have told me, you know, Sandra, we never learned this. I was part of the National uh, Congress, Ophthalmology Congress in Colombia, and actually it's national and international. And they asked me to lecture about the microbiome. You know, I, for me that was like huge because in my career, it's so nice to teach 
uh, doctors, something that only uh, is so new because we didn't have the tools to study the microbiome. They appeared in 2002, so it's very new, a very new topic. But yeah, I guess uh, many doctors are not open to see new things. You know, and many people, it's convenient, it's comfortable. No one wants to change the way they be, they believe, you know. Yeah, nobody wants to get up in the middle of the night to go turn off the Wi-Fi and <laughs> put their phone in a Faraday bag or something. You're, exactly. you're cozy. You don't, you don't feel it. Exactly. It's, not, it's not something within our five senses that we necessarily feel, but on a, on a cellular level, it's something that drastically affects how your body operates. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, kind of go into your book. Mm, my book. My book um, is about the microbiome and gut health, leaky gut. Um, why the microbiome? I started writing a book in 2015, and it was going to be about general like, health. I was going to call it like something, pillars of health. And when I was doing that, I went to Vienna in Austria to a seminar about the microbiome. And I was like, wow, you know, totally a new topic for me. And I started investigating more. And I thought, you know, I need to write my book about the microbiome. This is going to be the topic. I launched my book in Spanish in 2018. Last year, I launched it in English. Our Invisible Friends. Our Invisible Friends. And the book, here. This is the Spanish version. Beautiful. But there is an English version. And this year, thank God, before COVID, I was able to launch my book in Finnish, in Finland, um, yes, I was doing lectures over there. Uh, it's a country I travel a lot and lecture about the microbiome. So that is my book about it, is teaching people. Uh, I wrote it in a way that is very easy for people to understand. No, it, it's not like a medical book. That, and they have told me that, that they are able to finish the book. No, It's not like the book that you maybe go to the chapters that interest you. Now, the book is written for everyone to understand about these microorganisms that I call it, I call them our invisible friends because they are our friends. They represent 90% of our cells, nine zero. They contain 90% of our genes. You know, I just uh, finished an online course about the microbiome. Is and universe to discover, to study what is happening now with COVID. We don't have the tools to study viruses. We have no idea how they operate. We don't have the tools to study fungi. But same thing, microbiome, the way we know it now is that most of the microbiome is bacteria, but it's because we don't have the tools to study how many viruses do we really have in our body, you know? 
and we live in a perfect ecosystem. We have been designed that way, you know. Um, and I, this is a beautiful example in the jungle in my country, the way shamans heal people. They bury, you know, like underground people. Mm. They, how you could say it? Bury, bur bury. Bur yeah. People underground. And they leave the head outside. Uh, for, and they leave it there like for four or five days, just giving the person water. Because they say that they believe the earth knows how to heal all the network. Things that we don't see you know, and perceive, but their nose. So it's beautiful the way they they do it. So it's the book is about that and how to take care of them, you know, like leaky gut is a huge thing. When I study medicine, no idea about leaky gut. There's still many nowadays, uh, most doctors are getting aware about leaky gut and also leaky brain um, but there's still many do not believe in that yet and what are some of the factors that really lead to a uh, compromised gut microbiome or things that lead to leaky gut main thing emf is the main thing um, i can talk about please eat properly and eat real food and get your greens and also do exercise and all the but if someone do not reduce the impact of EMF is is the main stressor. The second one I think is the separation we have from the earth. Grounding is huge, but also the exposure to the sunlight. That is, if someone wants to know about sunlight, please listen Jack Cruz, Dr. Jack Cruz. I, I was like, wow. Um, the sun has a power effect um, through the eyes to go to the brain. And is. All those are signals for the microbiome to work and for everything in us to heal. Always, it's beautiful the way we have been created, you know. And we think that we know better, you know, than the creator. It's when I listen people sometimes to be like arrogant in a way that it's like, really? Like, you think you know better? Um, so that could be the second main stressor. Food is another, is is big, the way Western, especially West, Western culture, everything processed, chemicals, uh, sugars, refined food and flour, uh, flowers, um, artificial sweeteners, colors, you know, our one of the doctors that has written a book about the microbiome, he says, like, we can go to India and our microbiome is going to be, it's going to get adapted to the food. We can travel to the Patagonia 
and it's going to get adapted. But never is going to get adapted to all process, chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, GMO. Like, that is a, a big stressor. Heavy metals, another big, and I didn't know about this when I was studying medicine. No idea. Now we know the effects of mercury, arsenic, cadmium, plum, um, lead, many others, heavy metals in the body. Um, the quality of water we drink, the quality of earth. Stress is another main, main stressor for the body, you know, because it disharmonizes everything in us, all the hormones and increased cortisol. So the pH balance change and becomes a big stressor for these bacteria because they need to be in a perfect environment. So when they are not, some pathogens that originally they are not pathogens, but because things change, they become aggressive and uh, start growing and damaging. And I think, what else? The lack of movement also is sedentarism. It's another big thing, you know, we have been created to be movement. So it's not only for the microbiome, it's for everything in us. Yeah, I think that I mentioned the main stressors. I think I'm thinking like, I think that they, those are the main. And also emotional emotions, because there are many articles and now I am investigating more, like how fear and insecurity and um, all those cause stress for this bacteria. Uh, something very nice with them, with these microorganisms, is that they bring some kind of consciousness with them. That is not, as a doctor, I cannot explain you how that work it's outside the realm of using the scientific method on how to how to process that or even come about like how do you explain that to people yes i i, I have no idea but i have examples no one of the doctors that is big in microbiome dr david permuter he has a beautiful testimony in his clinic in jacksonville he got a patient, 28 years old, and the patient was paralyzed in his left arm. They did all the studies. He's a neurologist. Was it a, why was he paralyzed in the left arm? Was it like a... They didn't know the cause. Okay. Suddenly, he got paralyzed. So they did all the studies. They found no cause. So the doctor gave him what is called the truth serum, you know, like, disconnect the subconscious from the conscious mind. And he record the consultation. And he asked the patient, please move the arm. So he was moving the arm perfect. When the effect of the serum went away, he was paralyzed again. So the doctor started studying all the family ancestors. 
And when I think it was his grand grandmother was his age, 28 years old. She was diagnosed with breast, left breast cancer. They did a surgery and they removed one of the nerves that connect to the arm. So she was paralyzed in her left arm. And when he found out that, he was able to move the arm again. How do you explain that? You know, how this that we are has all this memory, you know, and these bacteria that actually, that's why it's so important to acknowledge the way our ancestors ate, you know. So important because our bacteria has memory, but no idea how to, how they work. <laughs> I, yeah. You have seen the documentary? So you have seen how amazing they are. Yeah, it's crazy. Like once you start learning about the, the little big family inside of us, like how much of not only our health, but our just day-to-day -day being is so reliant on that. And when it comes to how much time you spend in the soil or if you do go outside and get sunlight, like how much all those factors play into just your overall health. Yeah. And I think it's one of the main things I can tell people, you know, you need to connect to nature, to air. You need to play with dirt and allow your children now that, I don't know, as an opinion, because this is just an opinion, you know. With this pandemic, they are telling people to be isolated. We have been created to hug, to love, to be with each other, family, and laugh, and share, you know. And now people are isolated without like indoors, so no sun exposure. There are many studies showing the lack of vitamin D3 associated with death by COVID-19. Um, depression associated, why? Because sending people home to be isolated, no sunlight, no nature, all that is gonna depressed or low the immune system completely, you know? So that for me, the way I see it, it's an opinion that is totally opposite to what people should do, you know? Like instead of going outside and walking nature and improve the quality of the food, that is very important. Take your rice supplements. Uh, be careful with the MF. You know, instead of being watching TV and in front of the computer, like children are now all day long, uh, go outside, go outdoors. And it's, yeah, yeah, we, we need to, to really consider all those things and see the way our ancestors were living. And for anyone listening, when it comes to those five factors of health you were talking about, and they might be listening to this conversation and being uh, kind of taken by, like there's so many different avenues that they can approach it. What do you think's the smallest step they could take in each of those avenues to 
better themselves and their health? Uh, I think food is, you know, if we start checking the physical body, food is very important. You know, go back to eat real food. You know, apple is an apple. Nothing else is there. Um, we avoid all the process and chemicals and sweeteners and refined food. Avoid the microwave because it's pure radiation. And go back, like cook again, you know, with healthy ingredients. Avoid all the, yeah, bad oils, trans fat, all that is so aggressive for the microbiome. Um, start uh, like having more activities outdoors all the time, you know, remove the shoes. The, I was part of the a congress that was going on in Spain and one of the um, speakers, his topic was, was just about grounding. He was showing all the studies showing how before people were wearing leather shoes and still they were connected to her, you know, around the 50s and 60s. And now it's like 95% of people wear synthetic shoes. So that isolates us completely from Earth. Uh, that is another thing, like more movement, avoid, you know, like do something about the EMF thing. Start taking action, you know. You need to take care, take care of control of your health because you cannot pretend that the doctors heal you, the government heal you, you know. It's your responsibility and start blaming everyone else. That is, for me, has been also a big part in my healing and the healing of others is the emotional body. You know, is to realize that we create our own reality. It's not anyone else's responsibility. You know, we create what what we see. So if you are not happy, okay, do something. Do something about it to change it. And realize that solutions needs to be different to the things that you have been doing, you know. I was thinking about Albert Einstein, um, some words that he says that are amazing, but I, I forgot, but it's something like that, like you cannot pretend that you can continue doing the same things and expect different results. You know? yeah. So take action. Spiritual overall, we are a spirit. This is just an experience to live, to be happy, to enjoy, you know, and but this is not our home. So maybe we are so attached to life, you know, and it's time to like really work in what is important, the spiritual part. And I think that is another big, big part in this society, attached to many things that are not worthy. 
And what are some of the resources that have really helped you along the way for you to learn all these things in terms of maybe books or podcasts or uh, people out there doing similar work as yourself that you'd want to share with the listeners? Hmm. I study daily. <laughs> yeah, sometimes my family and the people that know me, for example, my sister, she says, she tells people, she cannot even do exercise with music. She needs to be studying something. Uh, so there are many, in Spanish and in English. As I am, I, I love to improve my spiritual part. And I, I don't know if you have heard Greg Braden. He's great. He's great. I've been learning many things from him. I also um, read a lot about the Course in Miracles. It has been a big part. Was that Eckhart Tolle? Course in Miracles, or who? Eckhart Tolle. I think he he also was part of the. Yeah, he was. I think he mentioned the Course in Miracles. Okay. Same thing with David Hawkins. Have you heard that? Be yeah. He's he's a great. The book Letting Go, beautiful book. Um, I highly recommend it to people. Also, the Divine Matrix by Greg Braden. If I talk about physical body, um, I. I enjoy Mercola. I think he's a great doctor that has exposure many things. Um, but I have read Deepak Chopra has been another great teacher for me. He was, I think, the first one who brought all the mind concept to like the mindfulness to me. So. He has been a, a great t-shirt. Um, related to the cat microbiome, Dr. David Permuter is amazing talking about the gut. Um, if people want to learn about blue light, Dr. Jack Cruz. Um, if we talk about grounding, earthing, it's a great book. Martin Zucker, he's a good friend of mine. I been in Finland, I got to be in contact with him and he's great. Um, what else? I think that, yeah, but those are like the people I, I recommend, yeah. And one thing I didn't really mention in our topic list, but I, I like the vibe and I just kind of want to go there. What are your beliefs uh, like spiritually when it comes to things? Like what is the human experience? Uh, my belief, they have changed a lot. And it has been beautiful now to observe. You know, I since I was a child, I was always hiding in the church, in the high school, mm. praying, always. I was looking for, my family says that the, the, I was studying in a non um, the school. They were always looking for me and I was in the church, praying. Um, 
So always has been that spiritual power has been in me. But I was raised Catholic, even though my family was not too much into church, but we were doing, and Colombia is like a Catholic country. So you grow with all those traditions and belief and punishment of God and guilt. And, you know. Did that make sense to you when you were growing up? Did it, was it like, yes, this is, this is true, or was it something that you kind of questioned at the time? I was questioning, but still, it was part, you know. Even I was doing something, and you feel like there is sin involved, you know, that word. And after I became a Christian. So Christianity, I think, is more, like, open in certain things. But... The way I see it now, there were many restrictions in many ways, and still it was always the sin involved. Um, after that, I I was questioned by some Jew friends that they they followed Jesus, and they were questioning me in many things. So I realized, like, they are right, you know, because I have read the Bible, and so I became messianic. But still, things in my life, I was not feeling the freedom I promote and I was pursuing, you know. And it, it was like, I guess, looking always for answers that has led me to, to the point that I am now, you know, and I see us like totally connected, you know, like God is totally connected with me. I am part of him, you know, he's not there anymore. He's within. Separation he's, is an illusion. Yeah, exactly. And that everything is an illusion. Like nothing is real, you know, this is a dream. It's, it has changed completely the way I see things now, completely. Yeah, and I stopped seeing, like, okay, he's doing this, he's that way. No, if he's doing this, it's because I am projecting that, so it's in me. So it's like, it has been a completely change in that, yeah. And what other, like, beliefs have, of yours have changed throughout that process of um going back and questioning your beliefs and opening yourself up spiritually well, like for example that god is pure love that guilt and fear are no real you know that most of the causes of people like belief and things are based on fear and guilt, you know, that also is part of the subconscious. Actually, one of my t-shirts, she's in Spanish, Marta Salvat, someone that I admire and follow, she's going to Colombia, and 
I'm planning to go very soon to be with her and to be trained as a psychotherapist in the course in miracles because it's something that honestly has changed my life in in many ways kind of break that down i i know uh the course in miracles i haven't read it yet i've heard it from a lot of people that i respect so it's on my list but if you could break it down for anyone listening and also myself what is the course in miracles um Supposedly, because I, I've been, the book was written by someone that was guided by, I think it was Jesus that came to her and he started showing her another, like, uh, the way to see it now, you know, like his real teachings. I don't know exactly if he was Jesus, or oh, it was some spiritual leaders that came to her. But I just recently read a book that is called, um, like, it's Gary Rinar, The Disappearance of the Universe. And he, his story, he was visited by two guides and leaders and they started teaching him the Course in Miracles and you know they show him that things in the Bible were altered that the way Jesus was teaching was not the way was not like the way that we got to know it in our Catholic or Christianity um, that things were misunderstood and changed because the ego of humanity and anyway is yes it's another way to to see God like he's within us no separation anymore we are one one with like every person you know like I yeah, the the divine in you, like Namaste. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the main teachings of the Course in Miracles, and to start seeing things like an illusion, like nothing is for real. Nothing, nothing. This chair, there are exercises like tonight. Just imagine this chair is not there anymore. Simple exercises, and you have to do exercises for 36, for one year. And they are very simple. Just imagine the chair is not there. So, it's, yeah, it has been a, a change in, in everything. It also talks about the mirror, you know, like you mirror something that, is already like I am already or something that I don't want to be. Um, the, for example, the psychotherapy, you know, you go to the subconscious part, the cause of something that is um, still in your peace because of it all. I think that that is one of the main things of the Course in Miracles. 
light bring you to the state that you are always in peace. You know, always like that peace that is inside of you that no one understands, but is peace and happiness that we are here to be in harmony, in peace and happy that guilt doesn't exist, fear doesn't exist, you know, so it, for me has been honestly amazing and it's, I think it's a life, it's, it's not something that you're starting one year, two years now, because I have met the spiritual teachers and they have been starting the Course in Miracles for years and they continue, it's a growing, Thing. And do you see that becoming more of a, a thing in healthcare? Do you see uh, a lot more practitioners trying to tie in the spiritual aspect into their practice? I think so. I can see it because I am already seeing it. This, for example, in Spain that I was telling you, this Congress was about pretty much a spiritual. Uh, everything I've been talking about, all the emotional part, um, grounding, meditation, spiritual, awareness, consciousness. No one speaks about like any medical topic different to that, no. Everything was about consciousness, spiritual, connecting to earth. So I think it's growing and growing. You know, and it's gonna be fantastic because if we change our mind, we are gonna start seeing miracles daily. Yeah, so. just imagine like how many people, like when we reach a like a critical mass of everyone that'll not only think about the these practices but also believe in them and take them as truth, like that. What that means for the world. I think yeah. that'll be an amazing time. Yeah. And I think it's coming soon because you hear a lot a lot more of like these conversations are happening and people are, are starting to realize that the world isn't as what it seems. Yes, exactly. And every day more studies showing the importance of meditation, all the things that you can do when you change your belief, your mind. Um, have you heard Muji? He's a great guy for you to listen, and he's very good, like talking about also all the spiritual part. But for example, Joe Dispenza showing all the results with, you know, when you meditate and you rewire your brain. And so I am, I think he's coming. I think that this is a time that everybody has to awake, you know. Not everybody, but most of the people is gonna awake. Our ancestors didn't have the opportunity. They didn't have all the social media, like all the media that we have now, not the social media, <laughs> the media that allow us to be informed and be able to study and listen. But we are now connected. So it's easy if we really want to. Um, to be able to access to the information. And I think that is it's a generation that is gonna 
be more aware. And something that I want to tie that into, I wanted to ask you about, like, what is your daily routine look like or what are some habits that you do on a daily basis that also tie in that spiritual aspect every morning like every morning for me is uh the time that i i love being here because i face the east so i have the sunrise in front of me so i go to the balcony and I have my pray, meditation, I listen to some of the people that I like to listen, but that is a time that for me is sacred. You know, it's like, um, it's the time that I know if I have that moment, the day is gonna be perfect. So that that for me is like my spiritual time. and. The importance of facing the east is that the sunrise, the sun is more powerful to re- like to reset all your body from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So it's perfect. Um, so my routine in the morning starts with that prayer and meditation. Yep. And what do you do throughout? Uh, what are some other things you tie in throughout the day? Um, not just in terms of spirituality, but when it comes to also optimizing your health? Exercise. Uh, I take my supplements. I believe in the power of supplements. I think the soil is depleted. And it's important for us to to access to good supplements. You know, they are not going to replace a good, good food. But nowadays, we need supplements um, so I use them um, exercise what else grounding if we could go back to supplements what are some of the specific ones that you personally take and what do you recommend for other people vitamin D3 I think is very important the ideal is to do your exams you know test your vitamin D3 before taking it because maybe you don't need it but most of the population is depleted. I, I alternate them. It depends on where I am, when I travel and all that. But I, I take, um, what else I take? I take a lot. I take supplements for the mitochondria. Um, I take antioxidants, I take for the liver supplements like miltisol, glutathione, another one that is very good is called desmodium. Actually, I was doing a parasite clean, cleans. I like to do it at least once a year because we are exposed and it's good to have them under control. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that, a parasite clean, and actually after that I like to do colonics. So I'm gonna have a colonics this Saturday. Um, supplements, I have vitamin C, but I take that one depends on the occasion, you know, if I travel or no. Um, 
what else? Enzymes, I take it daily. Probiotics depends. I think I have a healthy diet, um, and I take a raw spirulina, so that is pure, like good bacteria. Does so, raw mean it's still, um, like essentially, like it's still alive? Is that yeah. what that means? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's here in Florida. Can give you the info. The it's great. It's great. I take it when I am here. I take. I love chaga. Reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane. That actually is very good to restore leaky gut. Um, so I take my fungi. I, yeah, I, I take lots of supplements. And depends on the needs of the patient. I recommend them. For example, I take also magnesium, zinc, minerals are, are very important. Um, Molecular hydrogen, that one I, another one to boost the nitric oxide in the body. Yeah, <laughs> I I am doing like a check. You've so got I, a I whole take, pantry just full of supplements. It is, it is. I, but I don't take them all the time. I alternate. Like the name suggests, it's it's supplemental. Like for anyone? Yeah. I think if people is not having a healthy diet, probiotics are important. Enzymes, I believe in enzymes. They are very important for someone to digest better the food. And also enzymes help to break biofilms, some things that bacteria create. And usually they cause damage. So enzymes are important. Vitamin D3, magnesium, zinc. I think with this pandemic, vitamin C is another one that boosts the immune system, but it's a great detoxifier for the body. Um, molecular hydrogen, I really, I have read a lot about it. It's very good to prevent the effects of EMF as well. Astaxanthin is another one that is very good to prevent that. Um, the thing with supplements is that you really need to heal first the leaky gut, you know, and, and the gut, because if not, they are going to the gut that they are not going to do anything, you know? So the main thing is first to heal, clean, heal, and after start, giving the perfect nourishment, no? For example, omega-3. If you are not having a healthy diet, if you have leaky gut, if your microbiome is not in balance, honestly, omega-3 is not gonna help at all. So, you know, so it's, first you need to do certain things before and uh, going back to your routine, after you take your supplements and everything, what's the rest yeah. of your day look like? I work, um, eat, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do my, my meals, and but healthy things, grounding, going to the beach daily, if I can, and being in the ocean is part. I love being inside of the ocean for me. It's like 
I, it's like you get a new mind after being inside, you know, and it's good microbiome thing. I, before going to bed, usually I like to see something that, uh, like, boosts my emotions, my immune system, something that allow me to go to bed nice, happy, in peace. I love watch travel, spiritual things, or movies that at least I love, you know? So that is another important thing, you know? Be careful with the things that you watch and see, that you watch and listen before going to bed, because they, they can disturb your brain and your mind. So yeah, I think those are, especially here in COVID, you know, like not too many activities. <laughs> yeah. And one of the last things I wanted to ask you as we wrap up here, going back to uh, like healthcare and nutrition, why do you think that healthcare is so behind the curve when it comes to nutrition that like you were saying earlier, uh, a doctor will just prescribe a medication instead of looking back on some of your lifestyle factors or making a recommendation to say like, all right, cut out the processed food or the refined carbohydrates. Why do you think that is? I think we didn't learn. You know, we didn't know better. And still many doctors do know, know that, you know, we... Nutrition, we maybe have, um, what I remember, I had maybe two hours class in my whole career. And anyway, the nutrition I was taught at that moment was totally opposite to the things I know now, you know, like everything based on calories and just protein, carbohydrates and fats, but zero about nutrients no knowledge about the microbiome and what really feed, them, feed these microorganisms. So totally, yeah, this no knowledge, no education. I think that that is the main thing, you know. Doctors, yeah, not, not every doctor, but most of them do not believe in the power of real food, you know, and local farming and the power of the sunlight directly to the vegetables and the food and go back to the way people was eating, you know? So actually, not all of them, but lots of doctors are very sick and they look sick, you know? Yeah, you get the doctor that comes in with the big beer belly, and you're like, ugh, they gotta take advice from this guy. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's the lack of knowledge, you know, and if honestly, for example, if you get to know the importance of blue light, you will avoid to be in a hospital if you really care about your health, you know, and also EMF because a hospital is full of EMF and blue light. So mess up with your health completely avoid a hospital at all costs <laughs> it's the last place you want to be what can i say is 
you know, and also most of the bacteria that are there in the hospital are resistant to everything. That's why nosocomial diseases, that is a disease that you get in the hospital, are the four lead, the four cause of death in worldwide. So the the ambience in the hospital is not the not the best thing. If you go to a hospital, look at the food that they serve. They got McDonald's in like a cafeteria or they they serve you like a, a burger and fries or the, just the weirdest stuff and you think like we're at a hospital. This is what you serve the patients? I remember being in the Memorial Sloan Carity. I I really loved that hospital because for me it was great to be there and I love all the doctors over there. But I remember the nutritionist. She was like this, she was obese. And she came to me and she told me to drink and so ensure. Ensure, you know, this It's a like a it's kinda of like um like a breast milk supplement. Like it's supposed to mimic breast milk, right? It's Something similar. like that. Um, they give it to all to the elderly, and because it has all the minerals. But look at the ingredients. There are many things you cannot even pronounce. It's full of sugar and chemicals. So I was like, no, this is not right. You know, like, and the main thing is eat everything. It doesn't matter. You can eat everything you want to avoid losing weight. So I was. They were giving me, as a snack, when I was doing the chemotherapy, peanut butter sandwich. And I was like, no way. You know, in my, I was already in my, like, I don't know, intuition, getting, like, like my vegetables, juices. In the hospital, I was not eating that food when I was doing the treatment. But I remember when I was a student, that I was looking at the food they served to the patients and to the doctors, you know. I was always with my food because I was like, I'm not going to eat this. So all the ingredients and everything. So I think the knowledge, uh, I don't know, they, they think maybe it's not important, you know. No, I don't know what he said exactly why still is is that way and it's so difficult to see things in a simple way maybe there is no money um, behind like pushing a good nutrition or this is the way to go instead of medication i don't know yeah it's uh it's a foundation of how the the system is built and run. It's harder to have to change the whole system to actually provide what what the term is healthcare instead of just providing people with uh, I guess like a product and service based kind of uh, like a repetitive cycle of just having the same people come back for the same reasons and having them be on a pill for their rest of their lives. Yeah, exactly without seeing the side effects of that medication. That is like, you know, it's, 
is killing, as I mentioned before, many people. All the side effects of medications and is causing many things. So yeah, it's better not, you know, not to be, not to make a judgment. Is I don't know. And one last thing I wanted to ask you, um, kind of like a two-part question. What are some things that you're learning now, and where do you see that going in the industry? Let me understand. Repeat that. I don't... Uh, I'll break it down probably just towards the first part. What are just some things you're still learning now? Things that I am still learning every day. I learn new things. Yeah. Spiritual level, every day I learn more. I learn about more about me and also my patients. Energetic, the body, um, the microbiome is like a total whole universe to discover and learn. Actually, I got a certification just now about the microbiome, and pretty much everything was new. And I wrote a book. <laughs> so the second one is gonna come soon because every day is new, new things. So I think it depends on what you want to focus. You are always gonna learn more and more things. Yeah, and every day I. I'm learning new. I love it. Well, is there anything else you want to share with any of the listeners as we wrap up here? Um, get my book. Actually, I'm going to give you guys a discount um, with the code HEAL. I love it. Did HEAL, like perfect. That code, perfect. Um, <laughs> the book, guys, the book. Um, in English and in Spanish and Finnish. So use the, bo the code HILL and you get 40% discount. So it's a big discount. And what else? Follow me, Instagram, at DR Sandra Rangel. Always I am posting um, important information or could be a spiritual, could be about the body, could be anything. Watch the documentary. Little Big Family is about the microbiome. I am part of that documentary. And it will, it's another one coming maybe next year. Um, follow my, visit me in the website, www.sandrarangelmd.com. You can write me to my email. You get my email in the website and I answer personally any email should I give my email if, if you're fine with that yeah if you don't mind Sandra Rangel dot MD some medical doctor dot HHC at gmail dot com yeah I think I don't know if anything else Cool. I love it. I think that's a good place to end. Uh, I just want to take the moment to acknowledge you uh, for showing up and having the, the pleasure to interview you and learn from you and 
record this so not only I can take what you have learned and apply it to my life, but I know a lot of listeners are going to take this and apply it to make their lives better. So thank you for coming on and spending some time with me and telling me about your experience, everything that you're learning now, and how people can ultimately become the best versions of themselves. So thank you again. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. It has been a pleasure to meet you and to be here and, yeah, keep in touch. Will do. All right, friends, that was the show. I hope you enjoyed my time spent with Dr. Stantra Rangel. If you're interested in any of the work that she does, or if you want to find out more about how she can work with you one-on-one, hit her up. She will probably be tagged in the post that I'll have alongside of this. She does consultations. You can seek her out to be your practitioner. She also has some cool products that you can use to mitigate the effects of EMF. So those are just some cool takeaways from the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, have some good takeaways, and are able to live a happier, healthier life that can inspire others to be happy. That's what we're all about here. I appreciate you listening to the show. If you liked it, share it with a friend. If you loved it, leave me a review. That helps me out. And always, I'm looking for constructive feedback. Let me know how I can make this a better listening experience for you. With that being said, thank you for listening to the show. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget how beautiful you really are. Peace.